Everyone in the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering calls him Mr. Thorough. And not just because that's his name. It's because Brian Thorough, chair of the Department of Aerospace Engineering, takes a comprehensive approach to training the next generation of aerospace engineers. We're talking aerodynamics, propulsion, light field imaging, optical diagnostics, flow imaging, compressible fluid dynamics, and turbulence. That's as thorough of an understanding in the discipline as you'll find, friends. P.S. Dean Roberts, if you're listening to this, we need 20 faculty members, not 14. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hello, friends. Welcome to yet another episode of Hashtag Getting the Greatest Podcast, the best podcast in all of higher education. We're not just talking engineering colleges, engineering schools, uh uh-uh, all of them. Ivy League, West Coast, East Coast, it don't matter. We are the best. Joined, uh, I'm Jeremy Henderson, by the way, a communications specialist in the Office of Communications for the Samuel Gann College of Engineering at Auburn University. Joined, as always, by my co-host, the director of said office, Austin Phillips. Austin, say hello. Hello. When you do it, the, you, the acting thing, I always like the acting thing. I like, like it, you, too. You I kind of come it. in yeah, and we broke the ice it. and we got it going in like that. So, what so maybe we, I can yell. Cut! <laughs> I've always right, wanted to do that. Because you're the director, that, yeah. right? Yeah, there you go. Wait, Start wait, doing that. wait. You removed the acting? Yeah, no longer. Yeah, by breaking news. Breaking news. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Isn't Thank that you awesome? Sir. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. So I won't be working with you much anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> too, too important. Yeah, it's okay. I guess, are you going to be taking over this office? Do we know this? Uh, this room? We're going to figure that okay, out. Okay, we'll figure yeah. it out. Joined, uh, well, we have uh, Marcus uh, Klutz over here on the keys and... Uh, Alex, oldie girl, camera lingo over here, <laughs> assisting, headphones on, tweaking the knobs as always. She loves her wine advent calendar. And on today, and on the, today's episode, we're joined by Doctor Brian Thoreau, or Thoreau. Yes, <laughs> I want to say Thoreau for the pun. I want the the title of the podcast to be. So I want it to be Thoreau, like a thorough understanding of air, something like he's, that. He's so we're gonna go with Thoreau. Uh, the W. Allen and Martha Reed is professor of the Department of Aerospace Engineering. Uh, Brian, I'm going to read Department you. chair. Department chair, exactly. And go. that, too. My gosh, it's all over the place. I know this thing, I mean, multiple pages here. I was printing it out, trying to prepare. <laughs> and I'm going to read you a little quick something, Brian. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Okay? Now, granted, it's a little, uh, little dated here. It says uh, your research is focused on the development of high repetition rate, order 1 megahertz optical diagnostics for turbulent flow measurements, and more recently, the development of planoptic camera technology for 3D flow visualization. Correct. What the yeah. H is that? <laughs> what does that mean? Hey, Jeremy, how do you not understand what, that? It's right there. What in, in the world? I don't understand any of this stuff. <laughs> aero, I mean, I love the way it sounds. Aeroacoustics, aeroptics. Planoptic. Planoptic. Now, I know panoptic, like the panopticon. I know that a little bit. That's a philosophy thing. But planoptic, what in the world are we talking about here? What are you doing over there? Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's ease into this thing here. <laughs> you know, pretend I don't know anything and feel free to tell me everything. I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Okay, okay, okay. So the basic idea is just about anything that deals with the fluid, and just about every aerospace application does, uh, that fluid is going to move in a very unsteady three-dimensional way. Uh, if you just blow smoke out 
which you seem to do a lot on this podcast. <laughs> you set them up and knock them down. <laughs> um, you're, you are not going to see a nice, smooth type of fluid motion. And, and so the challenge in fluid dynamics has always been trying to understand what that three-dimensional motion looks like. And so my lab focuses on how do we use, to me, everyday technology of cameras, uh, lasers, to interrogate what is that flow doing in a very three-dimensional way. The, the one you mentioned that I, is most recently my favorite is this plan optic camera. And the idea is typically in a camera, you're just getting a 2D projection, whatever the world is, onto that image sensor. Hopefully we have some artists out there listening. Typically in film, you use this to your advantage um, because you can refocus an image. Uh, or in film, in cinematography, you're going to, use the depth of field of your image. So if you have a large lens, you get a very na narrow depth of field. They call it uh, boku or boca. Mm -hmm. um, and we got a photographer here in the room that can help us with that. And, and so all over yeah, our website, no we see this all the time. You, you focus on someone's face and the background is a little blurred. Yeah. Or you focus on something else. Well, with the plan optic camera, what we do is we turn that on the head and we collect enough information digitally that we can refocus the image afterwards on a computer. Really? Now, well, in Arizona, we have people ask Marcus to do this yeah. all the time. Can you make that person? It's like, no, yeah. we can't. So you're telling me with a planoptic camera, you can? Yeah, you're recording all the information you need up front so that you can do that. So when you're watching the, the TV shows and they say enhance and somehow they just click a button yeah, yeah. and everything. And it makes a noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden they get <laughs> like information that. out of nowhere. Well, yeah. you got a you got a $1.1 million grant from the NSF, National Science Foundation, to to do some work on this, correct? Yeah, we've been working on this for probably coming on a decade now, the NSF grant is enabling us to push it toward thousand frames per second type imaging. So in, in aerospace engineering, a lot of the flows that we look at are moving, I like to talk in football fields, five football fields a second, 10 football fields a second. So you're not going to figure out what's happening with just one snapshot, one click. So we need cameras that go much faster, much higher speed. So we're really working on trying to push the technology into those well, domains. And this could have applications other where I mean, blood flowing through the heart, you know, things, things of that nature. So, I mean, it's not just. And that brings up another right. thing because we have a new faculty, Dr. Vershank Raghav, that does cardiovascular fluid mechanics. His background is aerospace engineering, rotorcraft, uh, helicopters. But the commonality of what we see in aerospace engineering gets applied to all sorts of different fields. And so. You mentioned the, the cardiovascular. That's what we're doing with this technology as well, is trying to look inside the heart and, and at artificial heart valves and understand what in the world's going on in there. Yeah, we're doing a lot of biomedical work all across the college. How are we putting a planoptic camera inside the heart? You're not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I thought. Let's be a little on. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. What? How much does a planoptic camera cost? Uh, the, I want to get one. I was about to say, please don't. Marcus will be asking 100, for one. 100, then, 200, whatever we talking Well, about? that would be like me asking a photographer how much does a camera cost. You can get one for $10. That's You can get a planoptic camera for 10 bucks. No, but I'm, my point is you can uh, get, you can get, get just, camera, you know, yeah, you can get a you. regular one or you can get the highest end one. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, so, and again, I'm trying to imagine it because, I mean, when we bring when we bring folks on who are like telling me they got this kind of stuff, I mean, it's, to me, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, sometimes when we we keep these episodes of about twenty minutes, and I'm like, oh god, I want to keep going because I'm wanting to learn about this stuff. And so when, when a planoptic camera, we, we, we 
give me give me the actual physical setup of what we're talking about when you're sure. trying to map fluid flow like with a camera like what 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 are we going what are the controls what what does the uh, the experiment look like if that's if i'm if i'm using the right terminology here or thinking of it the right way well typically you can't see air you can't see water uh on its own it's transparent so what we typically do is we'll add particles to the flow so that we're actually following the tracer particles that are tagging the flow. Uh, in a wind tunnel, you can use a theatrical smoke generator. The, the same smoke that you'll see on stage at the Gouge, uh, you'll also, we can use that. And if you zoom in on that smoke and follow those particles, they're telling you what the flow is doing. So first step is put something in the flow so that you can see it. The second step is then to visualize that and, and record it. Uh, so the planoptic camera comes in in, in the sense that we're trying to track where those particles are going to understand what the flow is doing. So you can do two experiments back to back, the exact same thing, right? All right, send it out, send it out. Nothing changes, say, for time, seemingly. And you're telling me, so the particles are going to be doing vastly different things, like each time, because it's so chaotic, and we're trying to figure out if there's a method to the madness. Exactly. So turbulence, yeah. I think you've mastered it. <laughs> Love it. So, Brian, you did your undergraduate, master's, and PhD at an Ohio State University. Is that correct? The. Oh, oh okay. the I, I didn't know there was an article. I didn't, I didn't like know that it was the. Okay. State. Talk about your experience Trademark, at Ohio State. Uh, well, I grew up in Toledo, um, and to be honest, I grew up as a Michigan fan. Uh oh, Yowzers. Yeah. Toledo Yikes. is about forty-five minutes from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Columbus, Ohio, was two and a half hours away. Uh, Toledo is sort of a border town, so you you get caught up. You there. didn't want to be a rocket. <laughs> I, I love the Toledo Rockets, <laughs> so I grew up in, in, with, with the Rockets in the backyard. But no, no, it was important to go somewhere else. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I I always like to tell the story because I think it applies to to Auburn and, and anywhere else that's trying to recruit the the best students. Uh, even though Michigan was forty five minutes away. Uh, the out-of-state tuition seemed unreasonable to me, uh, and they didn't seem to show any real interest in, in uh, working with someone like me, whereas Ohio State laid down the red carpet and said, we want you to come here. And, and that I, I've noticed very similar uh, approaches here at Auburn, which is why I think we're doing so well with recruiting students, is we have that personal touch. And so the same thing that drew me to Ohio State, which is the Ohio State University, <laughs> but it's they, they're pushing the idea that it's the land-grant university in the state of Ohio, same way Auburn is the land-grant university in the state of Alabama. And so that became – that that's what drew me there. Let I mean, me ask you. Yeah. Did you ever eat at a place up there? Because I'm looking. We got, uh, let's see, 99, 2001, 2000, Cluck U. It sounds familiar. Chicken to me. place. I, I wouldn't say it's. Spent a little my, time uh, in Columbus. <laughs> Never say, mind. It's endeared yeah. in, that it's out. Endeared in Jeremy's It was heart. really good. It was cheap <laughs> Still has and good. The stain on the shirt. Are you sure yeah. you went there? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so similar question. What drew you? Brought you to Auburn? Uh, my wife. Is <laughs> That's from, usually the answer. There <laughs> yeah. you go. War Eagle. <laughs> my, my wife is from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, or Portland, Tennessee. It's a, a small town just north of Nashville, and so. When I graduated, we knew I wanted to be faculty, and so we sort of drew a big circle around Nashville, something within driving distance. And uh, like most faculty looking for jobs, you look at what's available. I saw an ad for Auburn, and I talked to a colleague of mine, a mentor of mine, uh, that uh, actually had taught at the University of Alabama. 
and uh, he's now the department head at Texas A&M Aerospace Engineering. And he told me, this is coming from an Alabama perspective, that Auburn was the engineering school in the state of Alabama. Mm, yeah, OBS. And so he gave it, he basically gave it the uh, uh, seal of approval. The seal of approval that said, up. I should look at this place. And I have the classic story, I think, of, of that, that we always struggle with Auburn is where is Auburn and is it a private school? <laughs> And, of course, I learned quickly it is a public school. It's a beautiful school. Uh, but we moved, we visited here and, and fell in love almost immediately and, and haven't looked back. So awesome. it's been a, a great choice for us. bunch of huge things going on in airspace right now, um, one of those being the wind tunnel. You know, the new wind tunnel uh, in uh, Brown Copal underneath the Gavin Garden. So talk about the new facility and, and what all that's going to allow you guys to do. So as much as we hated to get rid of the L building. We, <laughs> I'm sure I could see it on your face. We, we love to get rid of the L building. <laughs> um, so we, we've been through a few years of sort of temporary uh, space for, for wind tunnels. And the, the wind tunnels are really the heart of our aerodynamics laboratory. So the same experiments I was talking about before, we're trying to teach all of our students basic aerodynamics. To do that, you need wind tunnels. Uh, for the longest time, we basically had one workhorse wind tunnel. We called it Big Blue. And if you go down there, it's still working. It's still in operation. Uh, it's Kick them in the butt. <laughs> kick them in the butt, Big Blue. It's a, it's a great wind tunnel. Uh, but our enrollment has doubled in the last uh, five, ten years. And, and so now we have 100 students enrolled in AeroLab this semester. We might break them up into six, seven lab sections, but you still have 15 walking into that room at one time, which means 15 students at a time are doing an experiment in a tunnel, which means two students are doing an experiment right, in a tunnel right. and 13 are watching and then using the data and trying to do things. So what we wanted to do was uh, get enough tunnels designed from the ground up for teaching so that we could break these up into much smaller groups and that any student could come in and basically run the tunnel. So right now we have five wind tunnels. They're not as impressive as the uh, as Big Blue, and we still need uh, some larger research-grade facilities. But right now, I would venture to say we probably have the best undergraduate aerodynamics lab in the country. Awesome. And in addition, you got 10 3D oh, we, printers? We, we renovated our old wood shop and, and, so it's, and turned it into a 3D printing lab. And, and so now we have 10 3D printers. And you can all see this at this open house on Friday, November first. I've got this. If, if I've got this, this comes whole out, yeah. 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 All yeah. we do is win. The, <laughs> that's what I'm just talking set about. Him up. We've got I'm the newly doing. named uh, William Petit Aerospace Research Lab that you renovated. Um, so a lot of a lot of big, great things happening over there. We're we're really excited. Some of your research has been sponsored by the Army Research Office and uh, Air Force Office of Scientific Research. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, both started with the Young Investigator Award, right? Two of them. Is it two of them? Yep. Two grants. When you get that title, the Young Investigator, is that kind of like a, a burden you got to bear? I mean, is there a target on your back with all the colleagues across the country now? This guy thinks he's hot stuff. Kind of like a Tom Cruise situation. You know, like Maverick. I've never had that comparison made with me. I mean, well, aerospace, and I mean, like you're 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 part of the elite now, or something like that. A young investigator, you really got to step it up and everything, right? I mean, is there? I don't know. I mean, is there something you feel like you got to live up to once you get something like that? There's definitely prestige associated with it. I wouldn't say it's put any undue pressure on me. I, I think if anything, it it opens doors because 
you've already received sort of that mark of that seal of approval from different sponsors. And, and so it, it, it's just a nice highlight on, on the resume. But for me, it, it doesn't add any extra. You just don't want to be called to the it. old investigator, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the old investigator. It's something, Brian, that you said, um, I heard you say this recently, maybe at our alumni council meeting that really struck a chord with me about putting the space back in aerospace uh, in our department in the way we're teaching and what the students are learning, the direction we're going. What do you mean by that? Uh, when I started at Auburn, we had 10 faculty. And so with 10 faculty, you have very limited opportunities to fully explore the the space <laughs> that aerospace engineering uh, is meant to encompass. Uh, recently, we, we moved up to 14 tenure track faculty, three lecturers. We're hoping to expand. I keep telling Dean Roberts every time I see him, we need to be at 20. And I challenge everyone listening to this podcast, next time you see Dean Roberts, <laughs> tell him aerospace <laughs> needs to get to 20. Done. <laughs> and Send him the link. We'll keep uh, delivering that, that message, but... Chris! Uh, <laughs> thank you he'll get the message uh, every time i see him every time i see him uh but just uh you know historically space has been uh, a difficult subject for academic units to sort of focus on because it, it was a very limited opportunity if you weren't nasa you weren't going to space and that is changing it's changing very rapidly we see spacex we see uh, United Launch Alliance. We see Blue Origin. Commercial space is coming, and it's coming fast. And uh, there's going to be so many more opportunities for students to work in space that we're trying very hard to build up our educational programs so that students graduating from Auburn are equipped to work in the space side of aerospace. Um, a lot of programs around the country are aeronautical engineering, uh, and a few are aerospace, and if you look at the standards, to call yourself aerospace, you just need to offer one class in space. We want to do more than that. So, Awesome. I love that. We uh, have recently, there's been some opportunities for the uh, mechanical folks over here to contribute to Auburn football, right, in some 3D printing kind of ways. What is aerospace going to do to help the Tigers get back to the national championship game? Is there anything can y'all can bring Bo, to the table? Say, can we put Bo Nix in the wind tunnel? Yeah. <laughs> can we help with the helmets? Is there anything you can help us with? Seriously. I mean, maybe we could study what uh, deflating a football does to the aerodynamics Love it. of the football. Love it. We'll that, get Terry Daniel on here and yeah. see what it does if you add yeah, more yeah. helium to it. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, helium-filled footballs. Uh, yeah. That's a good idea. Just be thinking about that. Okay, <laughs> just, just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, Brian, uh, can't thank you enough. For, uh, for joining us, this is fascinating. Again, I could talk about this stuff for forever. And uh, do you do you take kind of like a visitors or, or, you know, can you pay to get inside Big Blue for like a five-minute, you know, thing? There's have these things at kid parks, you know, where you can like go in there and feel like you're in a tornado. That the might be State a way to, to raise some funds, you know, and I just thought. i tell you what you can do. Do you, people do that for fun? You can be here on Friday, November the 1st. From 2 to 4 p.m., where we're going to have an open house for the Department of Aerospace. Isn't that correct? That is correct. Okay. We, we won't let you crawl in that tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. But you can at least get a gander at it, right? Big Blue. So would Big Blue take you out? Like, if you stood in Big Blue, you'd be donezo? It, it could do some serious damage to you. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great. Really appreciate it. Well, thank thanks, you. Thanks, Brian. War Eagle. War Eagle. Eagle.